There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Thursday edition of the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that tunes in daily. And so we're thankful also for the Lord giving us this King James Bible Conference this week there at the House of God. What a privilege it's been to be there and what a blessing it has been. We certainly thank the Lord for that. Now, what we're doing is that Pastor John Asquith spoke with me. I had asked him while we were on maternity leave, if you will. I guess for me, it would be paternity leave, but that just has an odd sound to it. I asked him to do a couple of podcasts. So he asked me if we could just record the King James Bible Conference, which they normally do, and then I would put that on the podcast. So what I plan on doing is getting those files at some point. I will break them into 15 to 18 minute segments, try to find a good place to stop, and there'll be a continuation. And so we should have three nights of King James Bible preaching, probably about three and a half to four hours worth on the King James Bible. And so we're probably looking at about two weeks worth. So I can basically take the summer off. What a privilege. Maybe just go on vacation, go to Tahiti or something like that. Uh, but anyway, if we don't do that, we'll just come back and do the podcast in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we certainly appreciate his offer to do that. I believe by the Lord's will, and he would instruct us in those things concerning the Word of God. And so we're looking forward to that. I'll make an announcement a little bit ahead of time and uh, give you an opportunity to let other folks know that each day there'll be 15 to 18 minutes instruction on the King James Bible. And the best instruction on the King James Bible is the King James Bible itself. And so we will use that and we'll also give you opportunity to tune in at that time. So let's go back to the Word of God. Let's go to Psalm 18 again. We've been there now for several days and would like to continue in Psalm 18. And the Word of God tells us several things here uh, concerning Jesus Christ. Again, this is a Psalm of Messiah, Messianic Psalm. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. So again, I'm probably about two more days to look at these words, and then we'll expedite the psalm for a good bit because we've covered a lot of these things already in other podcasts, and we're trying to build building stones to come to the place where eventually we can go through the psalms, haven't already studied the words and known the words, and we'll not gloss over them, but the freshness of those psalms will be upon us. And so right now, I'm going to look at these words. And this is what we'll deal with first of all today. We're going to look at the buckler. He said, my buckler. Now, one of the things I did just out of curiosity, because I wonder about these things sometimes, and sometimes I feel like the Lord impresses me to go look these up. And so I went online and I did a cross-reference of other versions. What do they say for the word buckler? And you realize without fail, they've changed that word buckler to a shield, um, a device of protection. And I'm going to say they're wrong. Every one of them is wrong concerning the buckler. And we'll prove that from the word of God. Eventually, I may write a blog post about that. But I want to go ahead and deal with that buckler and what the Lord says about the buckler. And so he said, he is my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler. 
And so let's look at that in the Word of God. First Chronicles 5 will be the first place I'm going to turn. Those of you that have your Bibles with you, you can turn there. It's First Chronicles 5 and verse 18. The sons of Reuben, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, valiant men, men able to bear, now notice this, buckler and sword, and to shoot with bow, and skillful in war, were four and forty thousand seven hundred and three score that went out to the war. Now, it's important to see this because here's what I'm noticing. You cannot carry a bow and a shield. It's an impossibility. Um, I have bow hunted. I have used a bow. I'm familiar with a bow. And unless you're extremely gifted with your feet, which would be quite peculiar, uh, you're not able to use a bow uh, unless you don't have a shield. But he tells you here that you have a buckler and you have a sword. Now, your sword is going to be in a sheath. You can't carry a sword and shoot a bow, but you can have one or the other. But what he's saying here is the buckler is not the shield. And he's going to prove that from the word of God. That's that's the way the Lord works. And I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for who he is in his holiness. First Chronicles 12 and verse 8. And of the Gadites, they separated themselves under David into the hold to the wilderness of, of men of might and men of war fit for the battle that could handle shield and buckler. Now that just spits in the face of those that would say, oh, a buckler is a shield. Why would you carry two shields? It's not even logical. It doesn't make any kind of sense at all. Why? Because when you change the word of God, it's illogical. When you take the word of God and twist it to say something that's not saying, it's always illogical. And here they have a shield and a buckler. And so he tells us about these men, again, defining the word of God. Now, Job gives us a little bit of a different look. And now, listen, I had to really kind of run some research on this one. I had to go to Oxford and some other resources to fully understand this. And I'm not saying I fully understand this, but I have a lot more clarity. Job 15 and verse 26, he runneth upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his buckler. Now, there's a couple of things I would notice about this. For he says the thick bosses of his bucklers because he covers his face with fatness and maketh collops of fat on his flanks. So we see now that this man is carrying a buckler, but the thick bosses, what are the thick bosses? They're the center point of the buckler. Why would that be? Because why wouldn't you have the thickest part at the most defensible part? And so if you have a buckler, then you're going to use that, and you can use that in a defense, and you're going to have the thickest part as the bosses. That's the focal point. And just to get ahead of myself a little bit, what that buckler is, is something that most likely would have strapped on a man's arm where he could still carry a bow. A uh, shield would be used in the matter of defending against other bow and other archery. There were other shield carriers. Goliath had a man to carry his shield, did he not? And so these men would have a buckler and a bow. And that buckler is on the forearm. It is a small shield, if you will. But it's called a buckler in the word of God, not a small shield. And the reason why is because it would be buckled to the arm, and he would use that as a manner of defense. Today, we would use that against a knife thrust or uh, even in a sword battle, as we saw the men carrying sword had bucklers. Uh, we would use that as a small defense. We would use that to, to parry a thrust. And the thick part of that buckler is what Job is speaking about. Now, let's go to the Psalms. We'll go to Messianic Psalms and Psalm 35. And the Word of God tells us this in verse 1. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. So he says, Lord, fight against them that fight against me. Notice that. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. So he's telling the Lord, take hold of shield and buckler. Why? You're going to be my defense. 
You are going to guard me. You are going to protect me. Why? I have put my trust in you. We've, we've covered that in past podcasts. And so the Lord is going to defend him. Then he says, draw out also thy, the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. So he gives a little bit more light into the buckler. Psalm 91 and verse 4. He shall cover them with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be, and again, twofold, thy shield and buckler. So what we see now is we see the, the word of God builds on this. The shield, I believe, is to defend against arrows, to defend against the, the, the arrows that come from the sky. It's a large device. A man should be able to hide behind that shield. But the buckler is for that hand-to-hand combat. It's to parry those thrusts and those blows. It's the close-up combat. A man swings a sword. If you have a good brass buckler uh, over top of your leather straps, you should be able to parry that sword strike with minimal damage, with maybe without any damage at all. And so we see that in the Word of God. Now I'm going to go to the Proverbs. Look at least one place in the Proverbs here, in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 7. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Why is that? Because in that path, God is going to be our defense. When we walk uprightly, that's close quarters, that's close combat, that's the fiery darts of the wicked. He is going to be our buckler. He is going to defend us. He is going to be our caretaker, if you will, in the battle. Song of Solomon 4 and verse 4. And again, the Word of God just continues to build upon this, continues to reveal a little bit more about that buckler. Thy neck is like the Tower of David, built for an armory, whereon there hangeth thousand bucklers. And then he says, all shields of mighty men. Now, it doesn't tell you that the buckler is a shield. It says it works as a shield. That's the context there. These are a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. They're working to shield them. That's what he's speaking of there. And they hang in the house of the Lord. And so again, he gives us some insight. Jeremiah chapter 46, going to go way back in the prophets. But Jeremiah has some good insight into this buckler. And I felt it was important for us to understand this. 46 in chapter three, in verse 3, rather. Order ye the buckler and shield and draw near to battle. Harness the horses and get up, ye horsemen, and stand forth with your helmets. Furbish the spears and put on the brigandines. And so again, we see God separates the two. God separated that, by the way, in the word of God in the Psalms. And we'll cover that in just a moment. Ezekiel 23 in verse 24, and they shall come against thee with chariots, wagons, and wheels, and with an assembly of people which shall set against thee buckler and shield and helmet round about. And I will set judgment before them, and they shall judge thee according to their judgments. And so now we see it comes as a weapon. The, the, the buckler can be used as a weapon. They come with the buckler and you could give somebody what I would call a forearm shiver. That's not a good biblical term, but that's a good wrestling term. And that buckler is an offensive weapon. You use it as a close-up defense, but you can also use it to clock the head of your enemy, if you will. Ezekiel 38 and verse 4, the Word of God tells us this concerning the buckler. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horse and horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. So again, we see the word of God differentiates between the two. Ezekiel 39 and verse 9. 
And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. Now, I've taken a long time to define that. I wanted to go ex explicitly in the scriptures to define that. I did get a little bit of a help from the Oxford English Dictionary, uh, just to give me a little bit of understanding concerning uh, the that center point on that buckler, the bosses of the buckler, the strength of the buckler. And I believe I gained a little bit more understanding through that. But here's what he said in Psalm 18, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And so the Lord is our defense, even in that close combat. The Lord can give us wisdom to use that defense when the fiery darts of the wicked are up close, when the sword comes, when the spear comes, there will be safety. Why? Because he is my buckler. The bosses of his flanks are thick. You're not going to penetrate through him. He's going to be our protection. He's going to be our defense. He is just going to guard us and watch over us and protect us. But again, we're speaking of Jesus Christ, my buckler. It's personal. The father's going to defend his son. The father's going to guard his son. The father is going to protect his son. Now, it's interesting here in Psalm 18 that he talks about the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Now, the only place we see the horn of thy salvation mentioned outside of, of 2 Samuel 22, and of course our passage here, is over in Luke chapter 1. We see that concerning the pre-birth, if you will, of Jesus Christ before Jesus Christ is born. And we see that mentioned in Luke chapter 1. We see that mentioned and the Word of God says this. And hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So it's interesting that here Jesus Christ is called the horn of salvation. It's in the basis form. It's the origin of the seed. That's what he's speaking of here. God raised up the seed of David, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, and has brought the horn of his salvation. And he's brought them for Israel's sake, and he's brought them to Israel. And then he speaks of that high tower. In Psalm 144 and verse 2, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower. And in the very basis form, the most simple form, I don't know if there's any other way, but what is a high tower for? It's for defense. It's to see. It's to know what's going on. It's to not be blindsided. If you have the higher the tower, the more you can see, the further you can see. It's a defense mechanism. It's a place of defense. It's a place that God can use for defense. And then Isaiah 2 and 15 says this, and upon every high tower and upon every fenced wall and upon all the ships of Tarshish, upon all pleasant pictures. And so again, we see the Lord of hosts is upon every one of them. The Lord of hosts will be our defense. The Lord of hosts will be our protector. The Lord of hosts was the protector of his son. That's why he was his buckler. That's why he's the horn of his salvation. That's of his seed. He's the son of God. That's why he's his high tower. And again, the personal, my, my, my. Tomorrow, I want to look at this with the Lord's help, our closing podcast for the week on Friday. I want to look at my God. Would you pray for us? Would you continue to be in prayer for us? Thank you so much for listening. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website, 
and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.